In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we're going to talk about needs. Whose needs? Our needs. Because I've kind of lost sight of what my needs are. And I need to lead by example. I'm going to be the need. We'll be right back. It is I, the Q, diggity dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, say something to the world. Hello, world. Hello, world. That's brand new. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going to get started talking about needs. And as we were mapping out shows for this particular time in our life, I've always made you some promises. And that's what we will use our journey, um, and we'll show it to you. We will we'll let you in on our journey so that you can learn from our experiences and then take that and apply it to your life and your relationship. Eat the meat. Spit out the bones. That is the philosophy here. Um, I am concerned that part of this, though, I'm just giving you good information, but I'm not giving you enough action items. Now, to some of you that are emailing, you might try to do too much at one time. Um, so that takes some context and some qualification. So I take all that back, but I do want to say I want to give you things that you are going to challenge yourself with and uh, and develop your life. Your life is Your life can be as good as you want it to be. You decide. We're here to help. Now, make sure that you go and give this program a stellar rating, please. It helps us broaden the platform. And we're on a mission this particular year to grow this platform and start impacting more and more lives. Utilize the email address, quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. I'll put my Instagram in there, even though I'm not doing a lot on social media right now because I think it sucks a lot of time away from my life. But I do want to engage with you. You have the email. You have the Instagram, which would be Quincy underscore Moran underscore. I'll put it in the show notes. And today we're going to talk about needs. And why are we talking about needs, honey? Um, because we kind of missed the mark. We put it off and we haven't really discussed it in a while to see where we're at. We took some inventory. We took inventory several episodes ago. Well, our last two check-ins, I think, um, we both kind of realized that we dropped the ball a little bit. Well, also coaching some of these guys, I'm asking them, hey, do you know what your needs are? And I think about it because I like to compare me with me and say, crap, what are my needs right now? Yeah, we, we've discovered that, um, which, again, we kind of pushed it to the side, I think, because life, and we've been just – We've been attacking whatever's in front of us at the moment, but um, we discovered years ago that our needs, they don't necessarily change, but they do shift positions from time to time, depending on what's going on. So um, we were kind of looking at it this time, and both of us went, well, what do you need? And we both went, I don't know. Yeah. And that's that's not like us to not 
know what we need. I mean, there's times where it's like in a certain situation, it might be, how can I help? And I, I don't have an answer for you. But uh, for the most part, we, we kind of know what our main go-to needs are. And I think they, again, we, we just redid the test and mine shifted back to um, the original first test we did, what, 15 years ago with Rita versus the second test we did when you went through your surgery to now they it, it reverted all the way back to the beginning so well i mean there can there can be a there can be a combination of things that help you determine what your needs are one particular listener that i that i read uh his story you know several episodes ago i i was like let's let's take another look at this and look at the seven essential needs of a human being and i sent that over to him and then later I said, hey, check out the love languages. And so what I knew for a long time with Jeannie, because we discovered this through the process that we're going to work through today, is her need to feel like she mattered, her need to feel like she was safe, and her need to feel like she was provided for. Now, that's not necessarily in the order they might have been, but I think, you know, Ed Milet says it's so right. He says it so well that every 10 years you are physically a different person because your bones and your skin, um, you know, your entire body replaces itself, the cells, as an organism, if I said that right scientifically. So I think it's important for us as we do the check-ins, as we go through these major changes in life, to do like a self-evaluation and say, were my needs at the beginning of the year the same as my needs are now? And I, that's not to get you just completely self-focused. It's to help you identify where some of your negative attitudes come from. It's to help you identify where some of your positives come from. Because if your needs are being met, like... Let's say you take your top three needs and you envision, use your imagination, envision them as a tank. And that tank is kind of the fuel that runs your life. Well, what happens when the tank is empty? If, you're, if you drive a car, you know when the gas tank is empty, you can't drive. What happens when your engine oil is low? What happens when your transmission fluid is low? And since I'm teaching all, you know, many of my girls how to drive uh, with a great old beat-up car that my buddy Craig sold me, what happens when the power steering fluid is low? Not only is it hard to steer, but the car makes crazy noises and you're not the only one who can hear it correct and so if we just take those and say they're true to life coach rita taught us about the love tank how is your love tank well now let's look at that let's adapt it to what <coughs> your needs are because i'm sitting here and i'm scrambling like a dozen eggs at a diner on saturday i don't i just don't know what my needs are right now i know what my goals are but what are what are mine? I you can get so outwardly focused that you forget about what your needs are, and that you need to ensure 
you're being your needs are being met and i'm not saying you need to make your it's you before everybody else it's not in a in a in a selfish self-seeking way it's not something that you blow out of proportion but you want it maybe there are some gaps in your connecting at work maybe there's some gaps in your connecting at home maybe there's just some gaps in in you period and how do you determine what those are it, it requires self-reflection so i hope you can take this exercise that Jeannie and i do and it's not rehearsed we're not rehearsing it we're doing it live so that maybe you can check in with your spouse and see what each other's needs are and then a it's up to me to ensure that i know what my needs are and that i am filling the tank and Jeannie is a resource for me to help fill the tank. It's my responsibility to monitor the tanks. Now, she's an outside source that can look at them and say, ooh, man, maybe I'm noticing something, and she can check in with me, or she can do something that helps to fill my tank. But in order for you to be a happy and healthy person, there are things that you have to do to build yourself so that you can be a good, positive contributor to the relationships in your life. Tell me if that makes sense. It does. Okay, good. So, honey, what are your needs? Um, according to the test we just took. Now, those are your languages. <laughs> those what maybe speak into your needs. But no, it fits. It fits because I was just comparing what you were saying about me and what we had discovered through Rita versus what my love language test says and then going back through the julia gentry um what is my limiting belief and they all connect completely so oh, really I'm, it, i gotta hear about it this. makes it makes sense so um i need to know that i matter i need to know that i'm safe i need to know that i'm provided for okay well um in the julia gentry book dream i dare you i started doing the workbook with the book um just i guess about one month and a half or so ago and i was avoiding doing it and then i finally kind of dove into it and what why were you avoiding it because i don't want to look at the ugly truth i, I didn't want to i didn't want to unearth old stuff after hearing uh you and shell go through it and some of the stuff that came up i was like "Ooh, this is this is going to be ugly and i already knew kind of where it was headed I and it. I had the same conversation with Rita about the iceberg, and I was like, oh, shit, we're going here again. I got to tell but, you, the, the iceberg is something, the iceberg is something, just make a note, please. We need to do an entire episode dedicated to the iceberg yeah. situation. So anyway, getting into the Julia thing, um, one of the things that she teaches is the, the thing that holds you back from getting better, doing things, accomplishing goals, or, you know, seeing yourself as valued is your own limiting belief. Now, your limiting belief comes from, from what her book says, somewhere between the ages of five and seven, something that impacted you. It could be a trauma. It could be something that was said. Um, you, you really have to kind of think back. Mm -hmm. And the ones that hit me the most were... Um, I packed my bag to leave because I was told that, and remind, mind you, I'm a five-year-old kid. 
And my sister and I did not like each other, or she didn't like me, rather, very much because I was the baby and I showed up, and things were just not good for her at that point in time. And um, so she told me that I was brought by gypsies, that they didn't even want me, my own parents didn't want me, that they gave me away, and that her parents felt guilty and bad for me, so they took me in and made me their own, which obviously none of this is true. But to a five-year-old kid who's looking up to her sister, who's almost 10, telling her these things, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And so she convinced me to go find my real parents. And it worked. I packed my suitcase, and I was headed out the front door, and my mom and dad were going to let me do it because my mom thought it was great that, you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to think that I'm going to just walk out the door and they're going to let me. So she sat down and asked me some questions, and, you know, after the fact – explained to me my sister was full of crap and it was just her being a smart aleck which she got into some major trouble with my dad for um but it kind of stuck with me because there were stories that I had been told over um my sister not liking me when I was younger and some of the things that were going on and I as a deflect, I got all the blame for things that were not of my control, but they just happened to change when I was born. Um, I, I had nothing to do with my dad's decision to get sober. My dad's decision to get sober was between him and God. <laughs> that that was his choice. Mm-hmm. It just happened that after I was a year old, or right about the time I was a year old, my mom left him with me and my sister, and something clicked. And he made some changes, and then they got back together and everything since has not been the easiest path, but it was better than what it was before. Um, The second thing that stuck out was always being told to be quiet, to shut up, that I didn't know what I was talking about. No one's going to listen to me. I just needed to be quiet. Kids were meant to be seen and not heard. That was, that was something that I was constantly said. So that stuck with me that I, it didn't matter what I had to say because I didn't have a voice. No one wanted to hear my voice. So it didn't matter. I didn't matter. What I had to say didn't matter. And the third one was, um, and don't get me wrong, my sister and I have a great relationship now, but she will totally agree with this. But um, when I was younger, her and my cousin, we used to have this Barbie makeup kit. If you ever find one, don't buy it for your kid, please. The most horrendous stuff to get off your face. It's disgusting. But anyway, they used to convince me to come in and play beauty shop and they were going to, you know, make me pretty and do girly makeup. And of course, my cousin looked really pretty with her makeup on and my sister looked really pretty with her makeup on when it came to me. They always made I look like a rat. They made me look like a clown. They, they always made me look like something that was not human or nice. And um, it just it always stuck with me because I wasn't wanted I was always the one that was the butt of the joke. I was picked on a lot. It carried over into school and some other things, which I really didn't think about until I got into this book. And it's like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. Some of these people I thought were friends were really assholes. Well, some of that early on was just, you know, sibling and cousin. You yeah, know. it was. And, and I know why. I understand why. I was the deflect. I, I mean, everything that was going on at that time in our life, I was the deflect. And I get that. Because... uh if you've ever had a conversation with your sibling, which I know you've done this with yours, your version of your childhood and how you grew up and the relationship that you have with your parents is very different 
than how your sibling sees how they grew up Mm -hmm. and their relationship with your parents. Same people. Like Jamie and I have a very different relationship with my dad. And I grew up daddy's girl. But he got sober when I was a year old. I don't, I I didn't live through the things that my sister did growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't experience what she did when he was drinking. I knew nothing of it. I only knew stories. So my version of who my dad is was very different than the version that she got of who my dad is. Yeah, and that's the same conversation I had with Sally out in Alabama when we went there for Christmas because the dad that I knew when I moved to Alabama is not the dad that she knew. Yeah. So I that's totally, totally get that. But it, it when you were bringing up the stuff with Rita, I was like, I needed to know that I matter. I needed to know that I'm safe. And I need to know that I'm provided for. I needed stability. My home growing up was unstable. Granted, my parents were married and they lived together, but it was volatile from time to time. And it was one of those things where I never knew from the age of six years old till I was 18, I never knew if my parents were going to stay together. Mm-hmm. There was always that what if, and Jamie and I were always in the position of, okay, you're old enough. What if you have to choose? And I hated that that feeling of not knowing if I have to choose something, how am I going to do this? Yeah. It, it was just, you know, it, it's different coming from where you were because your parents were already divorced when you were five. And the choice wasn't yours. Like you were, you just went with your mom and then you had time back and forth as you got older. Yeah. But for me, I never knew. And then when Jamie moved out, and got married, and I was just coming into high school, that's when everything in my house was really rocky. And it was just like, I, I never knew what my life was going to be. I didn't know if I was going to be living with my mom. I didn't know if I was going to be living with my dad. I didn't know if they were going to be living together. I, I mean, I was literally trying to find a way out of my home at one point, trying to see if I could go live with my grandparents, just because I didn't know what was going on, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. So for me, my life was unstable and I didn't have any ground to stand on. I didn't know which side to stand on because it was always shaking. So it made sense when Rita brought all that stuff up and I'm looking at it now comparing notes. It's like, wow, okay. So my limiting belief was that I don't matter and I was unwanted. No one wants to hear what I have to say, so no one ever listens. And I don't belong. Like I have no place to stand and plant my feet. So it made a whole lot of sense when you said all that. And then looking back at my um, love languages and how I grew up, we were not an affectionate family. Um, My great-grandmother was the most affectionate with me. And I spent all of my, I mean, I spent my entire summer. The day we got out of school was Friday. Saturday morning, I was being driven to L.A. And I stayed there until the day before we started school. I, I was Miley Cyrus coming into your family. I came in like a wrecking ball. Something like that. <laughs> but um, here's here's what I'm picking up, and this is what's very, very interesting, and I don't know if this is going to make a difference in our lives or not. But the thing that I'm hearing, and it, it may be the same with me, <laughs> is that your needs, just listening to them, your needs were being driven by fear. And uh, most of my life was driven by fear. Now, here's the thing, and this is where Matthew McConaughey in his course like stumped us both. <laughs> what if we took our needs 
and erased the fear game and put it, you know, found a way to put it in what do you want more of? Well, see, and that's how I did this test this time. Oh, good, 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 I, good. Okay. I switched, I changed the script this time because, and it's funny because the answer still came back the same. Um, because I wasn't thinking about what I didn't have. I was thinking about what, because it, it asks you, you know, um, I feel, what is it? I, I feel better when my spouse does A or B. It's more meaningful when. Yeah, it's more meaningful when. So I started looking at it from the perspective of would I want more little gifts and tokens telling me you thought about me during the day or do I want more one-on-one -on -one time just you and me? Mm -hmm. And I prefer more one-on-one -on -one time. I, I like gifts. I like getting things. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of tweaks me out when people buy me things because I don't know how to react. Um, and I'm always afraid if I don't have the right reaction, people are going to get offended. Our kids tease me about it all the time because my go-to is, oh, that's cool. Oh, how cool. And Unless it's a Jonathan Quick hockey stick, and then there's a totally different response. But that's, you know, E for explicit. Anyway, <laughs> um, I just went through this test and looked at what do I want more of? And I'm really trying to focus this year on what do I want more of? Um, because... I'm in a place now where I'm starting to connect some dots that I wasn't before and it's starting to make sense. And then what Shane told you yesterday um, kind of clicked with me too. And it just sort of opened my eyes to a few different things that I'm looking at for myself. But what I, my low languages came back. Quality time is my number one. It's 40% mm. of my need is quality time. Um, which for us, quality time for me is one-on-one -on -one time conversation, going out and doing things together, experiencing things together. Um, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily always have to be just me and Quincy quality time. True. I love, and for years we struggled with this because it, it's a money thing, but I love taking the kids to go do something. And then we go all out for the experience. So if we go to a Disney on ice, it's about the souvenirs. It's about the eating the snacks. It's about getting involved in whatever the crowd is doing. It's the experience. I want them to build a lasting memory because your memories and your thoughts are attached to emotions. And when you're going through something, it helps to have a good memory to go back to. Mm -hmm. Like I told you before, that's one of the reasons I started putting up for Christmas time. I took all of our family pictures out and I put up just Christmas pictures of yeah. different different family events for Christmas because I want them to remember those moments. Um, quality time for me is something that is memorable and meaningful. Uh, my second one is physical touch, 23%, which is funny because, again, Physical touch and words of affirmation are neck and neck, 20% and 23%. So they're pretty close. Um, acts of service is 13 and gift giving or gift receiving is 3%. I, I'm just not, I love getting flowers. I do. But I'm one of those people that I, I just don't put a whole lot of value in getting something. I'd rather give than get. So that's kind of where my stuff fell in line. So as far as your love languages go... <clears throat> you said quality time was 40%. Yeah. And then physical touch. I mean, 
That's a lot. Quality time is a lot. Yeah. Qual- what was uh, physical touch? Physical touch is 23%. 23%. Which that makes sense, too, because whenever we go places, that's my security. I know you guys have heard us talk about it before, but when we go places, especially in crowds or, you know, if we're going somewhere and I don't know a lot of people or if we're just going to a party or something, it's important to me that we're, we're always holding hands no matter what we're doing, which I, I noticed that when we did, that was one of the things I noticed when we did the um, campus tour. I was watching all these couples with their kids, right? And some of them, it was just like one parent showed up and some of them, it was the couples. And I'm thinking the whole time we walked, everywhere we went, you and I were holding hands. Mm-hmm. We'd let go for a couple of minutes and we were right back to holding hands or hugging on each other. And I kept watching other people thinking, wow, none of these people are really connected well, they may and have a, a certain I, well, view of public display. I know, of but that's what I'm saying. I was like, <clears throat> "Wow, that's kind of." It just struck me as odd at first because I was like, "Wow, are we are we being over affectionate? Are we being too much?" And I thought about it, and I was like, "I really don't care." Yeah, I don't because care. I I like holding your hand. I like being cuddled. I like being held. If y'all don't like it, don't watch. I mean, I'm not sucking face. I'm not doing anything dirty. So. Oh, we can. What was your acts of service? Thirteen. <clears throat> Thirteen. So. 40, and 23, 13, and 3% on giving gifts. N- no. Quality time is 40. Physical touch is 23. Words of affirmation is oh, 20. Oh, that's right. I got words of affirmation. Let me... Crap. Words of affirmation and physical touch are pretty close, which the first time... What was words of affirmation? 20%. 20. The last time that we took this test after your surgery, um, it reversed... Physical touch was the the prominent one because we couldn't have physical touch, so we were obviously lacking. And then quality time and words of affirmation were tied. So, okay, it's kind of. But then the test that we did with Rita, it was similar to this one. But physical touch and words of affirmation have always been pretty close. So, <coughs> so what do you what do you derive from that as far as what your like what are your essential needs? looking at that i know those are the languages on how to get those needs met but what do you what do your needs look like um i think just what it shows you i i need to pull away from life and do things quality time for me puts joy back so when we're going through stuff or things are getting intense or anxiety is high or you know there's stress the quality time is what kind of fills that back up for me and gives me something to, um, I guess you say recharges the battery so that I can go forward and keep pushing. It's kind of like, um, it's the same thing when, when you look at physical touch. It's kind of like you're, the way you describe it when something's going on and you just feel off. If you and I can have a good sexual encounter not not just having sex but having that full connection and you know having taking our time and enjoying each other and having that that quality conversation and things of that nature prior to and then putting it all together it just kind of resets and everything else will fall into place and it's okay it doesn't really matter I'm not as focused on the other stuff anymore Mm -hmm. because I feel like we're settled. We're stable. It's it's good. Does that make sense? I think so. Um, so, how do like if we look at it based on what 
what your actual needs are, not what the languages are. And I don't, I don't really know if there's a distinction. I'm not educated in this area, so I'm just talking through it. How does quality time relate to you matter, you're provided for, and you're safe? Are, are those still like what your needs are? Is there something different? Um, I'd really have to look at that. Yeah. Because I, I still think it's the same. Um, to a degree, but, um, I guess the best way to look at it, it just conversationally is if you look at the difference between summertime when you and I had several getaways, even if you were working and I could stay in and, and, you know, lounge in a hotel or whatever, or, and then we had our time at night, having that away time and the difference in, where I was mentally and emotionally when we came back home and how things were for both of us um, versus when school started and our schedules got a little chaotic and then there was like just going to a hockey game. Um, We still got that time because we went to a hockey game, but the phones are still a, a very big part. Work is still a very big part. You know, the kids and whatever they have going on is still a very big part. So we weren't actually getting, we're getting our date time, but we're not actually getting that away, shut down, just us. You know, you know what I'm talking about? The difference. And I think that makes a difference in how I am at home in the midst of things, because we don't get a lot of that. That to me is more the quality time than. Well, I'm looking at, you know, quality time. And part of that quality time is you having time, like peace and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's just being able to be removed from something and allowing me to recharge. Yeah. You know, it, it's... <laughs> It sounds silly because we'll we'll go away. When I think about it, it sounds silly, but it's not. When we go away for the weekend or whatever, or even if it's just for one night, he always tries to find me a place that has a big bathtub because when we move in the new house, we don't have a bathtub. We have a shower. I like to take baths. I like to relax. I don't have that time anymore, and it used to be a regular daily thing for me. So when we go out of town and we go to a hotel, he can be in the room watching a movie working on his computer, taking a nap, and I get an hour to myself to just relax mm-hmm. in a tub, read a book, watch the TV, whatever. But I get that, like, rejuvenated feeling of just, I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to take care of anybody. I just have to focus on relaxing. That's big for me. It's really big for me because we don't, we don't get a lot of that at home. Um, going out and doing our drives and doing our check-ins, those have been helpful. Um, even though lately they've been like chopped into three or four different <laughs> drives and conversations just because we're usually going to drop someone off or pick someone up. But those times are um, big for me too because we can have in-depth conversation without you know, listening ears. And if we say something, I don't have to worry about if someone hears something they shouldn't or, mm-hmm. you know, cause it, sometimes those conversations, it might be a rant. It might be, I need to vent and get this off my chest. And it may not even be about you and me. It might be about something that's going on with the school or with the, one of the kids or money or, you know, we're talking about 
what our, our retirement looks like and where we're headed in that. And some of those conversations I don't want to have in front of the kids because I don't want to sway their decisions mm-hmm. on what they're trying to do. I, I, and I don't want them to feel bad like I'm saying I'm not counting you because I'm only considering Hunter and Kirsten right now. It's not that I'm discounting the other kids. It's that these two are permanent. So their care has to be primary in any of our decisions. And the other kids can come and go as they please, but they're always welcome to come home. I just don't, I, there's certain things I just don't want them to hear and affect them. And it's difficult to do when they're always around. Yeah, I, I, I understand. And so the things I'm writing down as far as your, <clears throat> you need to matter. That's still there. You um, want to feel safe, and you want to feel provided for. I think those two are more solid now than they've ever been. Safe and provided for? Yeah, because that was more, I think, because of the instability of home. And then the beginning of our marriage, not knowing if we were going to make it through everything that we were going through. Yeah. I mean, I was constantly on the lookout for you to bail. So Yeah, you wasted a lot of time. Yeah, I know. But I didn't know that then. We didn't know how to talk about it. So um I think a lot of that is is pretty well handled. Um the safe thing is still comes up once in a while, but that's more like crowds and just world stupidity going on. But Yeah. Um We gotta keep we gotta go to the range and get your concealed carry. <laughs> get you more comfortable concealing and carrying. But um, the reason I ask is because, you know, the KISS principle, I'm writing my book. This is how I do my training at work Um, because I think simplicity is kind of bliss. Keep it super simple, K-I-S-S. And so I'm looking at it going, well, the paramount thing is um, you're feeling like you need to matter in the language that drives that um, primarily – or the first thing that drives that the highest at 40%. If we're doing this right, and I don't know if this is antiquated scientifically, we're just, we're legitimately just talking through it, um, is quality time. In quality time, just listening to you talk and me think about it is peace and quiet and time to recharge. Quality time is one on one time with me, with the girls, uh, with your friends, mm-hmm. which. That's something to me, I, I understand it being so deeply needed because you've talked about being lonely out mm-hmm. here in Texas because you don't you don't have those connections that you had. Like you were really concerned saying that, you know, I'm not lonely because of you, but you don't have your friends and, and your family here mm-hmm. and nobody has truly been established here and you're starting to make some of those contacts that's why i put you know with me the girls and with your friends because you do have you've developed some friendships yeah out here so to speak and then quality time is experiences as a family and quality time is time to pursue your hobby and your health etc so it sounds like those things i don't i I look at it and say, those are things that you need to make you feel like you matter. And they also are things that you need to feel 
your love tank. It's time um, with yourself, you know, quiet time, peace, time to read. It's one-on-one time with me, the girls, the family, friends. It's quality time making memories, experiences as a family. Um, and then it's quality quality time to pursue your writing career and get your health in order, etc. And so do do those things intersect? Does that make you feel like you matter? That you're a priority? Because that was like the other half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, does that love language feel that you need to matter and feel like you're a priority tank? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm I'm legitimately asking because I I don't know, um, and I could I mean right now, you know I look at I go back and I'm I'm looking at mine, <clears throat> and uh, you know we took this years ago and I think what I did was I I forwarded it to myself in like 2016 because we had taken it earlier, and just to make the connections that you've made. Um, at this point in time, they weren't doing it as a percentage. It was like from, I guess, zero to nine or something. I don't know the grading. Anyway, back in the day, uh, my highest was words of affirmation at a nine and then physical touch at an eight, quality time at a seven, acts of service at a five, and receiving gifts at a one. And I, too, share that same, like, I I like getting gifts. (coughs) I would rather be the giver of gifts. It's hard for me to figure out what I need or what I want around Christmas time or for my birthday. Um, I don't know if there's anything deeper to that or it's just the way I'm wired. I'm not sure. But I go back and look at that limiting belief topic that you're talking about with Julia and look at words of affirmation being so high. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I look at, and, and what were... Where what are were you the, at now? Did you retake it? I did. I did. I'll tell you. So words of affirmation um, goes back to that limiting belief of, I don't matter, I'm not good enough, and I have no confidence. So I needed external... Words of affirmation, I guess, to to drive that. The weird thing is, is that it's all still pretty closely connected. Now, like today, um, <coughs> taking this love language test, it's physical touch, quality time, and words of affirmation. 29, 26, and 23. Um, acts of service is 16%, which I'm surprised at because, you know, I travel, so I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving gifts is like 6%. I'm still uh, receiving gifts, excuse me. I'm still, I appreciate it. Um, actually, I, I, I like it. It's just not high on my priority list to get gifts. Um, and I, I don't even know if it matters. I just think it locates me to say, that's not the true way to my heart is mm-hmm. to give me gifts. Now, if you give them to me and I like them, like that golf bag over there with man versus marriage uh, on Just the side. Just don't receive a lamp. I have received a lamp. <laughs> 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 um, 
I look at the physical touch and I and I go, okay, well, what is th- that is a part of me. And and like the test says, it's not just sex, you know, which I'm I like I love sex, but it's it's more With than your that. Wife. Yeah, of course. That's <laughs> I'm not having I'm not having sex with anybody else. Um but it's it's that physical touch and that quality time that ranks so high. I can understand the words of affirmation um like moving down the list. Just curious to me, you know that uh and, and I think it's a direct reflection of me challenging myself in where I was believing a lie for so long that it didn't matter. Because like Rita would say, well, who said that? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, well, why the heck do I think I don't matter? How stupid is that? You know, and you go you go back to the deal where you're you're digging deep to, to kind of figure out where did this come from? And it came from, you know, where... You know, my my mom and dad got divorced, but you know, before that, they were loaded in a a station wagon. I'm sitting in the back seat. Well, no seat, just sitting in the back. And uh, we're getting ready to leave, and my dad walks up, which we've been in my aunt Linda's house, which seems like forever. You know, Jordan Peterson says, you know, to a two year old, thirty minutes is a week. Mm-hmm. Well, to a five year old, you know, <laughs> a couple <laughs> hours is yeah. forever. And so you have no idea what's going on there. But I'm sitting in the station wagon, looking around. My si- my big sister, bawling her eyes out. She's four years older than me, so she's probably close to ten. Um, she has a sense of what's going on. My little brother's crying, I guess, because my sister's crying. They're sitting right next to each other. My mother's crying. My grandfather's in the front seat. Dad walks up. He has like three paper sacks. Don't know what's in them. Come to find out later, it was candy. But you know, and I'm kind of I'm kind of journaling about this as I write my book. And it's like my Aunt Linda's driveway wasn't that long, but it's just a slow, it's like a slow motion memory. We're driving away. And it's like, what are you doing, Dad? Sitting in the car. Why are, what, what are you, why are you, where you been? You know, a five-year-old's mind, where you been? And why aren't you with us? You know, and then just thinking about my, I think Santa Claus got me like a, um, a boom box with a cassette player. And I got some tapes, some oldies music, and then a tape of Alabama and, you know, one of their albums. And I would sit there at like, you know, this point, I'm eight years old, listening to uh, my homes in Alabama, just crying my eyes out. An eight-year-old kid laying there crying my eyes out because, I, you know, my homes in Alabama and thinking about, you know, my dad. And the idea is like, well, why the heck don't, why am I not good enough for this guy? Um to make it work. Why why don't I matter enough for this marriage to work? And this situation was outside of me. The my parents getting divorced was outside of me, but you you don't really know how you take things when you're a kid, like you say, like you said earlier. It's like, well, I knew a different version of my dad than my sister did. That you know, you were saying that. And and I knew a different version of my dad than my sister did because until I came along, you know, <coughs> 4 years later, she was an only child, and she was the number one priority the to, m- girl. you know, yeah, completely. And so, what was it? What that that moment? There are some beautiful things that have come from that divorce. Weird to say, but I I, I wouldn't want a life without my little sister Sally. 
Heck no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowing my uh, current stepmother, you know, they've been together for 30 years now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a life without her. So, you know, thank God that he can help make some good things out of some terrible situations. But for so long, I was a people-pleasing machine because I wanted to matter to them. I wanted to be relevant. I wanted to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And the only way I could matter is <coughs> if I was good enough and I was all things to all people. And I'm sure there's still plenty of that residue around because I struggle with that at work sometimes. Because the work I do right now can be very thankless. You lose a lot. It can be very thank- thankless. It can be very lonely. Um, so it can be challenging. And, you know, when you don't, when you, when you hear an attaboy or you hear good words, you tend to push them away because you think that, that, that can't be possible because I'm not good enough. And so understanding, like Ed Milet, God bless him, giving me the lesson that your confidence is not, is not built on the result. It's built on intention. And I know my intention. I'm, I am intimately acquainted with my intentions. I still want to matter to people. I'm wired for those types of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay. Uh, so I'm looking at my needs and I'm going, I don't necessarily know. I don't know what they are. And I don't, I don't want to leave this show like hanging, but I'm not sure like you want to, you want to matter. You want to be a priority. You want safety. You want security. Um, I think those are similar for you. I think they are, but I don't. Because if you think about it, you want to matter. You've always wanted to matter, which you do, but you don't see the value in it for yourself. Like you, you don't see, um, how do I put this? The things that you see lack in for yourself, like a, a stupid example, but one you'll understand when your steaks aren't made and you're coming home and food's not ready and you're hungry and you haven't eaten all day. And this is like an everyday thing. This should be a no brainer. It should be ready to go because this is something that we do every single day. But life caught me off guard. So I didn't get that handled for you. And I passed the buck to somebody else and they didn't get it handled for whatever reason. Your automatic thought is, why don't I matter? It used to be. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I grew through that. That's what I'm saying. That used to be your go-to thought process. So now, what is it that makes you feel like you matter? Right now, what makes me feel like I matter, and here's, here's the beauty of this, is that I'm more confident now than ever that I do matter. And it's... It's the people that matter to me most that have the most impact on me that I matter. Now, I still struggle with it because, you know, of my professional career. I'm not the best at what I do. Um, But see, I think, okay, so this is me. This is just my take. Your job as a whole 
you don't see yourself as being good at it, which is going to come back to bite you in the ass. So you need to stop looking at it that way because you are good at it. You are good at it in a different way than most other people. I said I'm not great at it. Just. Okay. You're putting that out there, though, that you're not great at it. You you get uh, um, nervous when numbers look like they are just so far out of reach. It's ridiculous. And you already, because I see this in our daughter all the time. I do this, too. You're already setting yourself up because, God, that, that is an unbelievable number. I don't know what they're thinking because they're, it just doesn't make sense for them to pick this number. But what does make sense is you know how to get that number. You just haven't considered you know how to get that number yet. You're already telling yourself this, this is – it's like when Mo has to I'll meet – I'll take a, that. When I'll, Mo, I'll Mo has that. to meet a time and it's like, I'm not as fast as these people, Mom. I'm not as fast as these people. And how much time did she knock off her three miles last time? Even her mile, yeah. The, this last year, her times were great. And she's in pain. She's injured. She's struggling. But she was still improving so much so that she shocked the crap out of herself. You said, you know how to get that number what? I'm still back there. You can keep on talking about your example. but Do you know how to get to that place? Because... Okay, I'm I'm gonna go on on our faith here. So if y'all tune this out, that's your your thing. I don't care. But what's in you is enough. Who's in you is enough. Your capabilities are enough. You can meet that number. If you can get outside of your own head and what's looking you in the face. So what if a refinery's not doing a turnover right now? Somebody in your area is doing something Mm -hmm. and you need to convince yourself that that something, whatever it is, is meant for me. So now you need to put it in perspective of your faith and say, Hey Quincy, do you trust him? If you trust him, show me where that's at. Cause there has to be something or they wouldn't have given me this challenge. Show me where that's at. Point me in the direction, put me in front of these people. You see what I'm saying? It, it's there, but for all of us, we're so tripped up in our own head that it looks so big. And because we're not used to <clears throat> accomplishing it or we're so used to, for lack of a better word, disappointment, we just kind of look at it and go, well, it, it's too big, so I'm just going to set myself up to believe I'm, I'm probably not going to hit this, and it's okay because I'll do just enough. You're not just enough. You are enough the difference well i see i see the difference because i i look at the challenge like i look at the numbers even for this year um i look at the challenge and i go it it excites me because i don't know in a weird way um challenges excite me because it forces me to get creative but i think you hit a i think the key here um i think the key here is uh, and I have to go back and listen to this podcast, but you said you know how to get the number. You know how to get that number. And then you said something else. And it and it checked in me. It was like boom. So um yeah. I stayed there. I know I know the example you were giving about Mo and her hip and, and her ability and listening to her. I do learn a lot about myself. 
Um, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I well, hear I hear things in the house and go, oh, crap, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. did that. <laughs> we'll be the resource for our children's limiting belief, but we're just, it's our goal to do better than our parents um, to the best of our ability. Um, and then they'll they'll work through their things, and hopefully, I'm very hopeful that they'll do better than we did. With that being said, um, so are are my needs are my needs that I need to matter and be a priority? Um, I I need to feel like I'm making a difference. I know that. I know that for sure. I need to feel as if I am making a difference in people's lives. I don't know where that falls in. Maybe it falls into the do I matter category. I need to know that, you know, the words, and I don't know why I'm this way, but the words I'm speaking to my children um, when I'm challenging them, when I'm loving on them, when... I'm giving my words of wisdom away to them. I need to know that they're making a difference in my children's life and in your life and that, the people that I'm connected a, to. That's not a do I matter. That's more of a needing to be heard. <coughs> I don't know about that. I do. Because when you think about it, you love to teach. You love to encourage. You love to make a difference. Mm-hmm. All three of those things require you to be heard. Your words have to penetrate. Your actions have to mean something. Your examples have to be on point because people are looking up to you. So it it matters that you're being heard and that your words are being weighed and measured. That they have a value to them. You don't just tell your kids something just to tell them because you want them to you know, shut up for the time being. You're telling them these things because you want them to learn the life lesson or you want them to know to the bottom of their core that you care about them. You want to see them succeed. You want to help them succeed. You love them wholeheartedly, completely, and unconditionally. Those things have to be heard. Not just said and the kids say, yeah, I get it. It has to be heard. It has to resonate. Could be. I think I think it's still connected to the I want to matter piece. Um, so I'm going to write that down. And then I also, one of my ne- deep needs is to, to, to feel connected. And that's to the people that matter to me. And then the other major factor, as far as my needs go, is, is my faith. That's a pillar of my life. And then to... Just to reverse that and put, you know, faith and and have my faith drive the reason I matter, and drive my connections, that that has that helped me. And you helped me, Gad Zooks. You don't even know how much you helped me. Um, when you spoke those words, you spoke them into my soul. You re- I'm not, I'm not, this is not made for TV drama. I'm <laughs> telling you, He's, you know how to get that number. And I said, you're damn right. I know how to get that number. <laughs> you do. Excuse my language, but I do know how to do that. Dang. That's, a, that's where. That's a big deal. It's, it's less about the number and it's more 
about everything we're doing right now. Yeah. That that's where I've been sitting the last couple of days is just like I I know how to do this. Why am I over here stressing over if I'm going to get X amount of words out or if I'm going to get this or this? It's like I don't need to stress about this. I know I'm going to get this. I know I'm going to do this. I know how I'm going to do this. I know who's going to help me do this. I just need to shut up and put my nose to the grindstone and go. Exactly. But then I don't need to shut up because I need to hear myself say, I'm going to do this. Well, you, yeah, you need to shut the voice of doubt off and open your mouth of encouragement. Exactly, because the more, as cliche as it sounds, the more we put out we're not going to, we're less than, we're, the more times you say those things aloud, the more it becomes reality. Because you're, you're putting yourself in that position to say, I just don't matter. <coughs> if I don't matter to them, then why the hell do I matter to me? And then you start slowly kind of deteriorating, whether you mean to or not. Now, in, in your own, you know, you're writing these goals out and you're telling yourself, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But at the same time, you are negating all of that by telling yourself, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make that. This is this is like, there's just no way I'm going to make this. I don't see how this is feasible. Well, hey. You I, just totally shut down everything nope. that you pumped up. There's, there's inside baseball I'll share with you and our audience around the world. And. You know, I don't know if people from work listen to this still or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. Um, when 2022 was coming to a close, you know, one of my fears of getting back into sales is that I wouldn't be good enough to make the number. Hmm. And when I took the consideration of making a number out of it and said, I'm here, I can go into this like Shane and I were talking through it. And it was like, I'm not, I'll be there to make or to create opportunities. Mm -hmm. That's, I, that comes naturally to me. It's what I love to do. But at, at 2022, it's like, okay, I want to see what I'm made of. Okay. And I, there is going to be some faith talking here. Um, so eat the meat and spit out the bones. I'm sharing this with you. I'm sharing it with my wife. I'm sharing this, you know, period. I said, I want to see how good I am. I want to see what I am made of. And so I want to be measured. This is going to be the year to see what I can do. I know I didn't hit 100% of my numbers. The numbers in the corporate world, they'll say, these numbers are very aggressive. And there is some meanings I can give you offline to what the word aggressive means <laughs> that is laughable. Because I've managed my own location. You know, I've managed my own branch before. And so I said, okay, let's see what this looks like. And so I didn't make 100% of the number, um, which financially I'm, I'm disappointed because it means you get paid better. But anyway, um, I was in the shower the other day, and I was thinking through it, and we're coming up to the next year, and there are things that I did well, and there are things I didn't do well. So I'm like I tell you, the listener, I tell everybody, evaluate the process, adjust, and attack. So that's what I'm doing. And – I take time in the shower to pray, and the Lord, I feel like the Lord spoke to me, and he's like, well, um, just like a great loving father would do, he's like, well, uh, you did it. You 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 did it. You, you did this thing to see how good you were. 
probably would have been better to see how good I am. And I said, you. <laughs> if you've ever seen Analyze This, you know, sitting there going, you're good, you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? You're right. I should I should have said, let's see how good you are and then just go out and be about his business because my business is people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's what I love is people. Mm-hmm. And so as any loving father, I am one, would do. It's like, okay, son, if you insist on trying it your way, man, go for it and do your best. And, and we have that kid too. God, do we have that kid. We have more than just one. But the fact is, is that I don't believe he was rooting for me to fail. Mm-mm. I it's, believe he was saying, hey, go give it your, I'm your fan. Go give it your best. Mm-hmm. Go do it. And so I was relying on me and what I knew. Mm-hmm. Rather than relying on him. And there's only so far that I can go. Well, and when you're reliant on yourself, your mindset can screw you. It, it, it can. And the fact is, is that you, I, I'm a firm believer, you need to build yourself in such a way where you feel like you can count on you. And what does that mean? That means making a promise to yourself and keeping those promises to yourself so that you know you will follow through. But there's a deeper meaning to where you put your faith. And you know there are things in life that will take more than you. you. As a Christian, we know there are things in life that it is going to take God to make some of these things happen. And there is a part of you know the divine that you need to come together with you to make things happen. And so this year, it, that really just stopped me in my tracks because it's like, you know, Lord, I love you so much. You're, you're so dang good to me. You did not get in my way. You said, dude, go for it. And I, there were some great things that happened. I, mm-hmm. will, I, I made some very great relationships. Um, and I look forward to what's going to happen this year, no matter what the numbers are. Uh, but there could have been, it, what it could have been, I can only speculate. But this year we'll find out. Win, lose, or draw. Because I've reserved myself to say, okay, I'm going to do my absolute best, but I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to be coachable and approachable. And like I used to tell my employees, ABC, always be coachable. And that's and, and I am, but to a different degree in a different setting. So now I think, I, I think I've been able to determine, determine what my needs are. And faith is my number one need. Because as a leader of our home, I I need to be hearing and seeing the right direction to move. Mm-hmm. And then I have you. I think there's a reason, you know, that the Bible talks about wisdom as a female, like in that persona. Because there can be a lot of wisdom that comes along um, to confirm how logically we men are built. Um. Not to say women are illogical. I need to stop saying that, but it just, uh, there, there are people out there that think like me, and you kind of sometimes think in opposites. Anyway, um, so it's, it's faith. It's connection. It's I want to matter and my health, and those are the needs, and I believe this, 
I believe this love language kind of speaks to that. Because the, the whole physical touch, <coughs> connection, the quality time, I see the words of affirmation are kind of moving down because I have, I have been open to growing in that area. So I, I need less external words of affirmation. But right now, it's like I need some more physical touch and quality time because uh, that's not going to work. When this is video, you guys will figure out what I'm doing. But uh, physical touch is at 29 and quality time is at 26. So those are pretty close. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then words of affirmation are at 23. And then acts of service drops down to 16. Um, and we're See, and I don't really, and I, I think that's where some people get confused because physical touch, everybody's like, well, I don't touch everybody. You know, and they, I think they take it in a sexual context more than anything else, which to a degree, yes, in a marriage, physical touch does relate to sex, but it also relates to connection with people, which also falls under quality time. For you in work, your quality time is the teaching. Mm-hmm. Your quality time is the one-on-one um, when you meet people in the tournaments or you, you meet people in various um, conference-type situations. things. Like, you meet new people and you're drawn to a certain type of person that, that um, you can feed into or that you can um, fill the need for in some aspect. And I think that those two, in, in respect to work, are very different. So I don't want the guys listening to this going, well, you're talking a lot about work because your, your needs with me are still the same as the needs that you have with other people. The difference is quality time with me What's quality time for you with me? Quality time with you and I is one-on-one time um, with your focus not being on the telephone and fully present in the moment, no matter what we're doing. If we're cooking or we're watching a movie or we're talking about podcasts or we're going to Root on the Stars watching football, driving in the truck. Now, you know, there are small caveats to that, but that's quality time with us, us being present with us. Okay. That That is what matters to me. Now, there is, if we talk about sexually, there is some quality time in there that I don't spend with anybody else, and that is us moving further away of fastest one to the orgasm <laughs> and more let's enjoy the journey as much as possible now mm-hmm. there are so many factors that get in the way <laughs> of enjoying the journey and where we have to play fastest one to the orgasm <laughs> so that kind of sucks but that's just a part of life where we are i mean even kids in their teenage and their 20s there's a certain time of night you don't go to your parents' door unless it's an emergency. And we're talking death, severed appendage, flood, breaking and entering type things. Fire, those kinds of things. Yeah. Not anything else. Um, but that's what quality time looks like 
to me. And I have an expectation, you know, like when we go, I used to get really caught up in it. We have an expectation of how, how does this need to play out? Because I'm comparing every time we go away to San Diego and that's unfair to us both Mm -hmm. because that San Diego, it should never need to happen again. If it does great, but that was a divine moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm releasing myself from, from comparing every Yeah, but you have getaway. to remember, that was a pivotal point because we weren't sure our marriage was going to make it. Yeah. And that was the pivotal point that proved we were on the same page and we were going to make it. We're not in that boat anymore. Well, I, I just said that so, we should never need to be there again. I, I mean, if we are, God is good, we, and we'll, we'll find a way there. Um, but with that being said, I, I feel good about understanding what my needs are and as we do the check-ins i think we need a i'm gonna tell you what it is just a text heavy moment let me do i i said i was gonna put my phone on do not disturb but i'm a douchebag he's a real douche and i didn't do it but now it's there so at the end of the show but i when when we do our check-ins as we have been faithful to do every week as promised Let's bring these bullet points out and check on each of these buckets. And for me, I have them there. I have them there. It's it's, and I, I want to make sure that those are present, so that we know. And it's just a quick check in to say, you know, where are these tanks? Um, is that does that sound good to you? Yeah. Okay. Let's recap where they are and listen, dude. Or we, we have women listen to this too. Listen, you two. I want to hear from you um, to see if you know what your needs are or have you had this conversation with your spouse? And if you haven't, are you going to? And if you'd like to, but you don't know how, would you like to get on the line with Jeannie and I and you and your spouse and us talk through it. Let me know. It's pretty simple. Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y at MVSMpodcast.com. And listen to me. I didn't really, you tend to think in terms of the way I think is the way most people think. Okay, that that happens. God, I hope not. No, no, no. From my side, not you. (laughs) No, that's that's my mistake in the way I think we all think a lot like that. Um, and so I thought, hey, this mar- my, my marriage turning around is the most amazing thing of my life. I have a lot of amazing things in my life, but if Jeannie and I can make it, who the heck wouldn't want this? And so when I endeavored to get into a marriage podcast, I figured it was going to explode because people would want to know how to dynamically change their marriage. I was wrong. Now, there's some great marriage podcasts out there. Um, They're not like mine and Jeannie's, but that's okay. I know that your marriage is private. It's secret. And I'm telling you, this year, like we're, we've been heard in 90s. This is not braggadocious. This is just to tell you what this little organic podcast, we've been heard in like 97 countries. I wasn't sure there was 97 countries around, but there are. Um, and you know, we're, 
we're pressing into 45,000 total downloads. That's a big deal for me. Who I, We do this as a pay it forward. It's not marketed. It's not branded. It's not, it's not a full-time gig. But we're, it's so heavy on me that it's time to hit the freaking gas on this thing because there are more people that we need to reach. Right now, the show is at a point where you can have direct connection with Jeannie and I. There's no barrier between us. You have the email address. And believe it or not, many of the guys that email, if we get to talking, I offer my phone number because the show is at a level where that is manageable right now. This year, that is going to become unmanageable because we're going to grow extensively. It doesn't mean you won't have connection with with us because you will. But right now, if you listen to podcast, you have a, a special opportunity in connection before the show grows to a place where we can't get back to you as quickly as, as I would like because we're only two people. So take that for what you will. But, you know, we're, we're blessed to have a thousand or so downloads a month. We're helping people. It's feeding my need to matter, okay? Um, but we're getting ready to do video. Anyway, I'm not going to keep talking about it. But now you have the opportunity. So allow us at this current moment in time to come alongside and build you. And maybe someday you are the ripple effect from this podcast that helps build other people. We're ordinary people. I'm telling you. We still argue, fuss, and fight. You could stand outside of our house and hear autism screaming and hear me screaming back at it. Um, but we are very sincere. We love you, and we want you to have the opportunity to deepen the connection with your relationship. And I believe it's totally possible. And for you guys that are emailing and DMing through Instagram, God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having the courage to put yourself out there. It means the world to me. I tell you guys it's what I live for, and it is, because I feel like it's the calling of my life. So, Q-U-I-N-C-Y at mvsmpodcast.com. That's the email. It's pretty simple. A lot more simple than the old email address. Um, but use it. And now let's recap needs. Your needs. My needs. Quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation. Well, but those are the languages. Those are my needs. Okay. Well, those are your needs. Let me see. Quality time. PT. Physical touch, not physical therapy. Please. No, physical training is what PT is. No, I'm not doing that either. You need to get your tail in the gym. Get to it! Okay, and then... Um, Loa? Affirmation. Words of affirmation. Okay. And then, do you do you think that a uh, you think a uh, 
this is a journey. You think a playbook episode is, I mean, a, a game plan episode is appropriate. What are your thoughts for us to go back and kind of recap this? I or, mean, if we, if you want to put into perspective what we're going to do to meet those needs, we can. Okay. But I, I don't know. We'll see where we go after this one. Okay. So for me, it's faith, it's connection, it's to matter, to be heard. And that I'm just using that terminology because I want to make a difference. And then um, my health. Those, those are my needs. I think my buddy CL that I work with, he listens from this from time to time. So uh, thank you, CL, um, for speaking those words to me. They've come back and, and they've taken root. Maybe not in exactly the same format, but uh, thank you for all you guys out there that mentor me and that share your life with us. Um, we deeply appreciate it. And... That is all. Any final words? Nope. Okay. Well, that's all I got for you. Um, we'll be on to the next one.